you go and sit inside their poison puddle and just have a nice bath. Welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. It is episode 45, I think, uh, the 17th of May, and I am here with Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew Castle is not a name you've heard on the podcast before, because Matthew Castle is new. I am. Um, you're our new video person. I am. Yes. That is your official title as well, isn't it? I don't know what my official title is, but I've I've been calling myself senior video person. It makes sense. Yeah, I don't have any junior video people though, so uh, you know the seniors a little bit uh, unneeded. Not yet, but that is on the way. Hopefully, I, I'm I'm looking forward to having some people who I can be senior towards. Yeah, it's just you and me on the podcast this week because everybody else is a loser and can't deal. But that gives us time. That gives us time to you know get to know you. As a person. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, We will get to know you a little bit as a person because our theme this week is is pretty good. It's from a reader. I'll just just read it out now. It's from Orlando Nairs. I don't know if that's how you pronounce your surname, Orlando, but there you go. Uh, Orlando says, Hi, how about character creation as a theme? What are the games with the best character creation? And what is your go-to race or class? Um, so there we are. That is a good theme. We'll get to know you because we'll get to ask you what kind of fantasy person you make yourself. Oh God, yeah. (laughs) What kind of doll do you make? So yeah, let's just answer, let's just think about the first bit. Okay. What are the games with the best character creation? What are your criteria for quality in character creation? Are we talking like you know, physical, you know, complexity, or you know, the whole the whole shebang? You know, what you look like, what your character's like. You know, are, are we just talk? What, what what are we actually talking about? Um, I guess we're talking about not like limited character creation, like as in pick one of these four individuals and go. Mm. We're talking about the kind of classic screen where you get. A, you know, a, a body to make as big or small as you want, as tall or little as you want, with eyebrow moulding abilities and cheek sculpting tools. You're thinking more kind of physical. No, well, both. Probably. Both. Like the whole thing, like all of that, and then the next screen says, okay, now are you good at sprinting or triple jumping? Yeah, yeah. So I must admit, I, I I personally tend to spend more time with the the physical stuff. You know, I'm I'm quite uh, impatient to get into games, so I'm, you know, I I I don't always think over the the psychological makeup of my character as much as I probably should. Um, but in terms of physical characters, I mean, the the ones that kind of pop into my head uh, straight away is uh, you know the Bioware games, uh, Mass Effect, Dragon Age. Particularly Mass Effect because you know the whole idea of your you know you're you're meant to be playing this quite kind of iconic hero, so the idea of completely rewriting that person's DNA you know he's there on the front of the box or she's there uh, on the front of the box looking all kind of heroic. So the idea of of just kind of replacing his face it feels like quite a, a big substantial change, and that feels like quite a you know a a, a, a deep character creation software to boot. Yeah, it was quite nice. Um, I don't remember uh, the Dragon Age one too well. And I definitely remember with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, there was quite a um, 
big community online of people making other characters or like famous fictional characters and then sharing the uh the settings to recreate them in your own game um because i played a chunk of it with an absolutely i almost photorealistic version of um daenerys from game of thrones <laughs> uh, and it was just it was it was so uh, like it was just absolutely amazing like, in all the cutscenes, it was like you know the actress was there it, you know i was really kind of taken or taken back with that um so i guess that one's pretty deep i played a lot of mass effect with um a shepherd who looked like rutger hauer oh, okay um he was like kind of a balding roy batty from blade runner i i made this sort of um in my head i was thinking space dandy with like a like a little pencil thin moustache a very kind of um kind of a swashbuckler type sort of i don't know is it errol flynn kind of kind yeah. of vibe uh yeah. but he ended up looking like the slightly creepy indie film director john waters um <laughs> i don't know if you're familiar with him but i am not Oh, okay. Well, if you look up a photo of him, he does not look heroic. Uh, he's uh, he's quite a strange-looking man, and he just looked like this terrible creeper, particularly with all the romance options and everyone throwing themselves at him. He was a sort of altogether uh, unpleasant-looking character. <laughs> um, and, of course, then I was stuck with him for the three games, so every time it came back, it'd be like, oh, not this guy. Um, but I stuck with that face, that mangy face. Um, I'll put a link to John Waters so people can see exactly what he looks like. He isn't what you've got in mind when you think Commander Shepard. I guarantee you that. What other games have good character creation? GTA, I think, has GTA Five online. Oh, yeah. It's quite fun. You can you can make your character look pretty much whatever. But the face and stuff is kind of like CME a lot of the time. But once you get into buying all the clothes, is that Character creation, or is that more like customization? I mean, that's yeah. I know there's a lot of clothes from the outset during character creation, so I think it counts. I mean, myself in GTA, it's not something I usually do. I know a lot of people tend to just uh, kind of make a version of themselves, like make the in-game avatar look like them, so that they can embody the world. If Matt Cox was in today, um, he'd probably say that he. He does that quite often. Right. Um, I don't do that very often because I try to make a character... I try to just invent a character in my head. Um, for instance, in Skyrim, I think the first time I played Skyrim, I, went, I would just go for the most outlandish weird ones. So I'd make a Khajiit, one of the, the, the cat people. Yeah, yeah. And then try to come up with some kind of story in my own head about how he was a, a noble from the Khajiit lands, but he's been ousted. And become a snow bandit or some <laughs> nonsense. Like, and none of this would be communicated anywhere in the game. I would just, I would just think it and believe it in my head and go, okay, I'm going into Skyrim, <laughs> believing this. I'm just going and thinking this is who I am, and then I would just act accordingly. Um, but uh, in GTA Five, I, I just kind of made a kind of tired, bruised version of myself. Oh, uh, with, with like tracksuit bottoms and a and a vest uh it's in because in gta 5 you know on gta online all the stuff you do is kind of slightly evil i made sort of a version of what i thought the devil would look like in terms of but a sort of um a sort of devil in human form so he had kind of sort of silvery hair a pencil thin moustache pencil thin moustaches are a theme <laughs> with my characters uh and he had like a bright red um tuxedo on because that's what the devil wears, um, I think. Uh, <laughs> it, it seems like they're kind of cliche. I just wanted people to look at him and go, oh, that's something devilish about him. Um, uh, yeah, so that that was my GTA guy. He looked very kind of sort of stylish. He didn't fit in with the whole kind of, um, like at the start of levels, you know, where, where everyone's in the lobby and everyone looks really kind of like lived in and, you know, slightly, you know, uh, what's the word? Disheveled. Yeah, sort of, dis yeah, sort of dishevelled. You know, everyone's trying to look kind of cool and badass, and then there'd be this incredibly dapper man who was clearly the devil, um, who just really stood out in each of the squads. And it'd be like, who's that guy? He doesn't fit. Um, but that's uh, <laughs> that's that's my that's my GTA online 
I say that's my GTA Online thing. That's kind of my general vibe across all character creations. I've I've fallen into this weird habit over the years of making. I've got this one character who I make in everything. Um, what? So you just he just hops around it, through games? Yeah, because I like the. It's kind of like a collected universe in my head. <laughs> like the the best crossover in history. Yeah, I. He's a bit more devilish in GTA. I don't always just make the devil in GTA. That was that was very much the aim. But it's always they always have silver white hair, uh, a silver white <laughs> pencil thin moustache, very dark black eyebrows, and then they wear as much of a suit as possible. And they're always called my so my online sort of moniker my. Twitter handle is Mr. Basil Pesto, and they're always called Basil Pesto. Um, this is just what I imagine this character to be. Um, and if you go into any of my save files, you'll see this strange person kind of reappearing everywhere. And it makes character creation really easy, but at the same time, like incredibly conservative and boring. This is fun because you've got a you've got a consistent persona who is uniform throughout the games and then has to change depending on the limits of the character creator that you're yeah. using at the time. So I can see that being a lot of fun. I go into it and I think I'm going to make some person who feels like they belong in this world, but but then the limitations are kind of too much for me. You just have to use your imagination most of the time. Like The character creation doesn't let you be who you want to be if you want to be like a like a, an orc poet or something. <laughs> You know, you can't necessarily be that. And is it something that you have to kind of role play entirely yeah. in your head and, and the game doesn't necessarily react to it? Yeah. There are fun uh, moments, though. Whenever I, I'm reviewing or playing a game that I don't think I'll return to later or if I'm just, I just need to go in quickly and to write about it quickly, mm. um, I, I just do that thing where you put all the sliders to max or minimum. Oh, okay. And just see what happens. And it's a sign. I'm telling you, it's a sign of a good game if, when you put all the all the sliders to max, and your body comes out of this misshapen monster, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> Seven Days to Die is a game where you can make your character look kind of realistic. Um, and this it's this blocky zombie survival game. Um, hmm. You can make your character look kind of realistic, but if you put everything to max or everything on one side to max and everything on the other to min, you come up with some horrors. You look like the aliens in um, Alien Resurrection whenever Ripley burns that room full of all the Ripleys. Uh, it's really it's really horrifying. I always used to like um, messing around with um, like creator wrestler modes in the old wrestling games. Oh, yeah. Because you could... They're, they've got really versatile things because, you know, the whole point of that is that you're making your own character and it's going to be all focused on them and, you know, body shape and build is obviously quite integral to what a wrestler is. Um, so they've always been they've always been quite kind of ahead of the curve with, with character creation software and people do, like, mad things in that in terms of, you know, in the, within, like, the new WWE games, they've only got certain bits of the official roster, for example, uh, and they basically go back and create, you know, all the missing wrestlers, and they look as good as you know the characters that the the you know, the developers have built themselves. Um, but I always remember back. I mean, this was years ago when we were in school and stupid, um, <laughs> making like trying to make you know people we didn't like or like bullies that we didn't like at school. You'd make a perfect replica of them. And then make their stats incredibly weak, and then just like beat the living daylights out of them, uh, which is probably quite sinister and says more about me. Uh, uh, but as a little kind of power fantasy, I always enjoyed that. So it's not always about just creating a character you want to play as. Sometimes it's you know you know that someone's going to get put through the ringer a bit, so you're going to have fun with that. I did. Um, I did something similar in that when I played Pokemon, I named Gary after a boy i didn't like at school oh nice um, and it was one of those it was one of those fellas who who he must have been nasty to me that week so i named the i named the antagonist of pokemon after him even though he turned out he's fine he's just a he's just a nice guy he was just in a bad mood or something <laughs> um and then you live in constant fear of him looking over your shoulder over my shoulder and saying oh no why is your why is the bad guy in this called Mark Brendan? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fun for all the marks out there that I know. Um, but yeah, uh, when you say about fighters as well, um, I find it, it's not exactly character creation, but I find it a lot of fun to use Tekken 7's customization options. Because you can dress your fighters up in so many fun ways. Can't you put like a top hat on a panda or something? I don't know exactly what you can do to the panda. I think their options are more limited because they have to... Yeah, because they don't want the hat clipping through the panda's ears or something like that. Oh, I see. I've tried dressing up Law, who's like a Bruce Lee-looking character. Um, And I've done the devil thing with him where I basically put a red red sequin, really shiny tuxedo on him. I dressed one character up as Santa and fought some people. It's weird, though, that you never really encounter these zany characters in the course of play. You have these options too. I always find I always find other people's choices like in multiplayer games quite conservative. Um, I know I build the same guy over and over again, but even so, um, you know, like in GTA, it's always just I never see anything where I'm like, "Wow, that's crazy! What a crazy guy!" Um, I like that crazy costume. I don't know if you do. You come across that in Tekken? Like, are there other mad costumes in Tekken? Yeah, you do come across it. There is a limit. There's a limited amount of options, um, but. The combinations that people put them into are are quite good. Like sometimes you'll come across a guy who's in nothing but a sumo loincloth and a deer head, and you can't even tell without looking at his names and maybe recognizing the moves that he's doing that mm. that person is, you know, X character. Otherwise, you just look at him and think, "Why am I fighting a, a sumo deer?" It's just really <laughs> odd. Uh, some of the characters. Uh, Jack, who's this big robot guy, he has costumes that completely alter his form entirely. You only recognize it's him because he's so big. So yeah, there are there are plenty of times when I've started a fight with someone, looked at their costume and went, you look good. <laughs> you you yeah. look good, my friend. Um, I don't mind taking a beating from you. Yeah, there is a, there is a weird, um, it's not, I wouldn't call it a fashion community in Tekken. <laughs> But there's um there's a there's a sense of fashion in it, like yeah. There are some fights you get in, you just think, oh yeah, you've you've set out to look well, and you do look well. You know, you've not set out to look silly. And similarly, in Absolver, another fighting game, a lot of people who play that there isn't many people playing it now, but a lot of people who play it do dress up, um, their characters to look as fashionable as possible in a kind of, uh. What do you call it? Those runways that you walk down. Catwalk. Catwalk mm. way. Yeah. And they call them, they, think they call the community who dresses up the Fab Solvers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there's, well, a whole, there's a whole thing on Reddit. Like, you just post Fab Solver with your, with your person dressed up as neatly and as catwalky as possible. Well, isn't there a similar, like, uh, fashion souls in Dark Souls? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, um, a person in Dark Souls who I'll I'll find a link to this article. It wasn't on RPS, but it was on another website. A person who people would encounter in Dark Souls who would invade you or show up in your world, and they would do a loop. They would walk around you very slowly, with doing this kind of thinking emoji, or you know, emote, like you know, thinking, 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 and they would look at you, and then they would either give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> and I can't remember if they give you a thumbs down. I think they just left. But if they give you a thumbs up, they'd leave you something. And it was it was like the fashion police of Dark Souls. Um, That's awesome. I'll find the link to the article because it, it's a really fun, um, really fun like little thing. And people would more and more people find this person or this couple of people who were copycatting each other. Oh, that's amazing. So we already know that you already you make yourself a pencil thin mustache. Catherine t- Catherine told us this in the chat before we started doing the podcast when she right. knew that this was the topic, and I thought she was joking. No, no, she she really isn't. Uh, it's it's really strange. I don't I don't know why it is. I just like I don't really connect with big you know barbarian warrior types. You know I don't I don't sort of see myself in that. But I mean I neither am I a sort of sort of willowy elfin type um you know in real life so uh yeah this has just become my little kind of de facto sort of person i, I don't have silver hair um I, I get i get very annoyed about haircuts in games as well because 
it seems that there's a few basic haircuts. You know, there's like a a parting and a bit of a bowl haircut, and and then you jump from that, which are quite kind of rational hairstyles, to kind of like giant mohawks and dreadlocks and all these kind of you know these big hairstyles. And I feel like building myself is impossible because you know there just isn't the range of traditional hair. I want more traditional hair. Um, it's basically it's basically what I'm what I'm asking you, for. You're just sick of all the mohawks and asymmetrical well, just, hairstyles. It just, it seem, like, I imagine that stuff's more fun to design because it's kind of like, oh, let's do all this big elaborate hair. But I just I just don't want it. I want you know I want the hair that I can get in my local barbers. I want fifty variations on short back and sides um, to sort of <laughs> choose from. Uh, yeah, so this character, I it's not me, but it's it's a it's a person I can rebuild. You know, the options tend to be there. He's got a bit of a side parting. It's, it's you know, there's always a moustache. It's quite easy. The thickness of moustache changes from game to game, but it's the colour. It's the silver hair, um, which is I just I don't know. He he looks young. He's not old. He's young, but he has silver hair because I think that's kind of mysterious. Um, well, where did he come from? When did when was he born? When was the first time you made this character? Ah, uh, I honestly can't remember. And he's been around. I know, like, uh, to, uh, to be fair, it's probably like he's been around for about five years. It's not something I've been doing for twenty years or anything weird like that. Uh, I mean, five is still quite a long, a long time to be doing <laughs> one it? character yeah. for every game. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I think it might have been a reaction to my creepy. Uh, uh, Mass Effect Shepard because then after that I thought I'll make this guy and then he worked in whatever game it was it may have even been a, a Dragon Age game actually um, and then I just kind of stuck with it so once I found my base because the, the, the when you know what you're trying to make it you know that whole process is much easier it's a lot you know you can just get in and, and get it done because um, the thing I don't want to be doing is just kind of like moulding a face till something clicks because like when I buy a big, exciting adventure game, I want to get to the adventure. I don't want to be looking at a face for like an hour. And I know lots of people absolutely love picking over the details and, you know, oh, you spend as much time in character creation as you can. But I just, I don't know. I want to see like a dragon. I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want to see like a cheek depth slider. You know, there's depth sliders for bits of the face where I'm like, does that even have depth? You know, like when there's five sliders just for a chin. And it's like, no, I just give me just one chin slider, and at one end is big chin, at the other end no chin. I don't want to have to sort of mould because when you start, <laughs> you know, when you mess around with it and you look at it from the front and it looks fine, and he didn't think to turn the head on the side, and then it comes <laughs> in and you realise he's basically off face like a spoon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh well, I, I wish I hadn't messed with those sliders. It's like they didn't make any difference. Um, there's no, there's no worse feeling than if you you've actually gone through it all. You did spend an hour going through all the sliders, and you never ever turned the thing, and you go into the game and you discover in the game that your character looks really odd from whatever angle you're spoken to most of the time. <laughs> yeah, or he's got like a like he's got a Pinocchio nose that you didn't spot the first time. Yeah, it's really distracting and really awkward. I think I did abandon a Mass Effect 2 game because I made a shepherd and when I looked at it I was like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not what I wanted. <laughs> Yeah, I think actually in the when I moved from Mass Effect One to Two and imported the character, they'd obviously added like a better character builder for Two, or they changed some of the options. So he actually he looked a bit different to the first one. He had it changed some of his face because I think it lets you, um, if I remember correctly, doesn't it let you rebuild your? It goes here's your face and it lets you tweak it because he has all that plastic surgery done yeah, at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't quite the same the same guy after that but yeah that's always the that's always the risk every once in a while i'll see someone in real life and their face will really remind me of a face made in a character creation software yeah because it'll just have like really definitive features and i think oh looks like someone had some fun with some sliders on that one um i don't know if that's mean but um a little bit but i do i do sometimes i i sometimes see faces and i think you look like a dishonored character. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a thing where 
you can you could put pictures of Samuel Beckett and pictures of dishonored characters next to each other or just yeah. pi- pictures of pictures of old Irish people and pictures of dishonest dishonored characters and just try and guess which is which and yeah. I guarantee people will make mistakes yeah I I have the kind of the reverse of that where um my face really looks like a Nintendo me face um <laughs> Like, I don't have a lot of defining features. Like, I've got quite a, just a, a roundish face with the sort of eyes, nose, and a mouth sort of floating in the middle. Um, and so when I make my me, it really looks like me. I need some canny. Um. <laughs> the only character I made, apart from the GTA one, I made to look like me was uh, a Stardew Valley character. And it uh, it worked very well, I think. Although I did give it a cooler haircut than what I have. Mm. Because I don't have the don't have the confidence to pull off a cool haircut. Yeah, I've never. Um, I don't think I've ever played with um, sprite character creation stuff. And are, are there any other games that do that? I'm sure there are others. We're bad games journalists. We can't think of any. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a, a not a PC game, but one thing. Actually, it might be in one of the more recent Dragon Quest games. But I remember on um, Dragon Quest Nine on the DS. It had um, like a character creation software, but it, it let you make Dragon Quest characters. So it was all body parts and face parts drawn. You know, there's the, there's the anime uh, anime manga author who draws the Dragon Quest characters, and it just let you build characters in the Dragon Quest style. That was I thought was really convincing. I like I like it when people do creation software that lets you build something that looks you know proper and licensed and part of that world. The um, Scythe Park games probably let you do that. Oh yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, um, because that—that's basically. I think there used to be like an old Flash tool or something. You could make a Scythe Park character out of the bits and bobs before. Yeah, there was a sticker book as well. You got bits, you got stickers, and you could of different body parts, and you could make your own Scythe Park character based on all the bits. Is that um, how they make it? Like, yeah, in real life. Yeah, that's because, well, it's how this started. I don't know how they do it now. It's probably more digital but basically the same process i don't know yeah i think there was i think there was a a dragon ball game um that let you build a dragon ball character as well you know because they've obviously got the big spiky hair and the big round anime eyes and that was uh quite a quite a popular one i cannot stand the way dragon ball characters look yeah i'm not i'm not a fan either this is i think it's actually it is the same same chap who draws Dragon Quest, so which is why it probably it's their foreheads. I just don't, I just don't see the need for that. What? How much forehead they've got? Yeah, well, but it's every character. Every character has a massive forehead. Do what they is... headbutt? Do they headbutt each other as like moves? <laughs> I don't know. I don't is know. that what that's for? Or is it for like receiving big punches? I... Like it has to be there. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it looks really odd. Maybe is that small-minded? Be to just be bigoted against Dragon Ball Z characters. Don't mind other anime the way that other anime looks, but something about mm. them. Yeah, I, I've not spent a huge amount of time looking and considering Dragon Ball. I must admit. <laughs> Sometimes I just I just sit at home and I just look at Dragon Ball. Animation. I just put it on mute and I just consider the facial features of every Dragon Ball. Every Dragon Baller. Just tutting the whole time. Um, that new fighting game that me is supposed to be good though. Yeah, even if you don't watch the, the cartoons or whatever, it's pretty impressive when it all kicks off. It's one of those games where you can just press a button and then make like half the world explode, which I quite like. Let's let's have a think. Is there anything we haven't covered in terms of character creations? We haven't talked we haven't talked much about the non-physical side of things. Oh, yes. So what kind of attributes do you go for? Yeah. So so the attributes that we're thinking of are like, what, strength, dexterity, all these classic kind of things. Yeah. Uh, magic, whatever whatever the form of magic is in that world. Uh, I don't know, stealth. Uh, yeah. What, what, else, what else is there like? Well, you've got the classic your yeah, perception, perception, intelligence, uh, will, and all that jazz. There, there they are. There's the there. Here's the RPGs person talking about the, talking about what they know. I'm just 
DMing random things. Oh yeah, I've I, I I know very little. I've just I've been playing some Pillars of Eternity one recently, and this has got a lot of this. You know, which of these traits do you want? Um, which I always find to be quite a difficult question because I haven't played the game yet and yeah. I don't know what I'm going to need. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a fundamental error that loads of RPGs make. I started playing Shadowrun um, over the weekend to see if I could, if I would like it. Shadowrun Hong Kong, and it did the exact same thing. It's asking me to choose between a 15% boost to this random named stat. And I'm like, what does that do? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's... Um, I, and as a result... You know, I end up playing everything in a really conservative way because I'm like, well, I'll just go for the thing that's strong and healthy and I'll get a feel for the game. And if I want to do something else, I'll come back later and start it again. But I never do. So I always just end up playing as the most boring warrior warrior imaginable. Um, and, they, you know, there's lots of one of the most searched terms for like any RPG is what should I start with? You know, what's the opening character class? And every single time, it's always just like, yeah, warrior, don't do not do anything else. You know, it's too hard. But it sounds so enticing at the time. You know, it's kind of, you're looking at all these options and you're like, should I be able to use swords or talk to woodland creatures? And you're going <laughs> to obviously go, well, the woodland creature thing sounds fun. But then you're absolutely screwed. You're like, you know, you're fine when you meet a squirrel, but anything else just decks you. And you're like, well, why did I do that? That was stupid. Yeah, there is a problem that, most games basically focus on combat and if you're not combat ready when you go out like if you just pump all of your i would love to be able to pump one of my friends does this pumps all of his points into intelligence and charisma for loads of games loads of rpgs doesn't care about anything else just does intelligence and charisma i think it's to see how many things he can talk his way out of oh okay um and i would love to do that except that a lot of the time the games aren't designed for you to talk your way out of any, out of any, out of loads no, of things. You... you just have to fight your way out of most of the game. Yeah, when it wants you to fight, it wants you to fight. I, 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 well, I recently I played a little bit of um, uh, Divinity: Original Sin two, and that seems to have the like flexibility to it that you can kind of throw a character in, and then part of the fun is making that character work and kind of bending the logic of the world to to make that character you know, come to life and there that's one of the few times where I actually I have played with you know, gone out of my warrior depth and and tried to play with something a bit more kind of quirky and out there. I could play you can play as a you can play as a skeleton or dead you know, or an, an undead character who um in quite a fun little twist, it kind of flips health on its head and health potions hurt you, poison heals you because you're dead. So um, it's quite fun having this kind of character that you're like throwing poison bombs and if characters come and try and attack you with poison, you're just, you go and sit inside their poison puddle and just have a nice bath, uh, which, which I quite like. Uh, but it, it seems to be the exception to the rule that, you know, to have that uh, freedom to, to experiment. Yeah, I really need to actually play this game because I, I started as a dragon character I made a, a dragoness kind of right. character with big frilly hair. I basically modelled her on the dinosaur that spits in Dennis Nedry's face in Jurassic Park. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I just stopped playing after a while. I think I abandoned it because I, I, I like the character creation, but there's another thing in some games. If there's no voice that I like oh. or that I don't think fits, it really distracts me as well. So if I don't think Shepard's voice fits the person who I've made, it really puts me off. Um, and that kind of happened there. Like I made a, I made a lizard woman, but there was no, there was no voice that felt like the character that I had invented in my head. Right. As this, I don't know what what I made her, but for example, if I made her a. a scuttling thief from a poor area of town in the, in the lizard kingdom or whatever and then she talks in this really haughty posh accent and it's like that's not that's not where you're from all right you're not you're not like that uh so i think more voice options would help in in games but that i understand that that's a very expensive and like yeah intensive thing to do the other one is when you've got 
games that let you do voice options uh, in action games where, where it's not a lot of spoken dialogue, but it's just like yelps and things. <gasps> and you get oh. to listen to a big menu of yelps and go, which of these yelps best captures who I am? Um, yeah, that's always a, a, quite, a, quite a strange... Give us your best enemy barks. My best enemy, but what, real ones or an attempt at one? An attempt at one, it's fine. Like a, a he's over there or I'm going to get you. Um, like a he's over there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I can tell you're the video person on the team. He's over there. Get he, that guy. He's over there. Get that guy. It's uh, we, I, I always joke about the um. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the barks in Batman games because there's only so many ways of saying it's Batman. Um, and <laughs> they all have to say you know, and, and there's only so many conversations you can have about like I hope it's not Batman or Batman's coming to get us. <laughs> I whenever I think barks, the first thing I always think of I don't think it's even in the game. It's just a, a, a generic hoodlum going. It's the bat, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I want to hear in every game. It's the bet. <laughs> We're a little off topic now, but there is also yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> there, there is also a, a Splinter Cell um, game that was famous for its barks because uh, in almost every bark they would say your name. What was what was his name? Fisher. Fisher. That's it. Yeah. And it was like they'd walk around and said, "I'm gonna get you, Fisher. I'm gonna find you, Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I know you're there, Fisher. <laughs> it just always says his name." Oh, it's just—it's a bit—it's uh, a bit too familiar, isn't it? <laughs> you want to come round to my house, Fisher? You want to have yeah. a barbecue, Fisher? <laughs> Let's see. That's enough talk for about the character creation for now. We'll we'll see what our listeners and readers have been um, creating in their character creations at the end. But let's talk about what we've been playing. What have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing uh, Pillars of Eternity 1. Uh, not the new one with the boats, but the first one. I haven't played it before. Um, and talking to John about the second one, uh, he said that I should probably play the first one first just to get a sense of like the lore and what was going on. He also said it was better in lots of ways, so I thought I'd uh, jump into that. Um, I, it's like... It's been quite a hard experience because uh, I I didn't play a huge amount of those kind of classic RPGs when I was younger. No. Um, you know, I haven't got the kind of rhythms built in and it, it's obviously a, a game that's kind of, you know, harking back to to the genre and, and, and is very kind of traditional. Um, and I'm used to all these sort of quite simple modern games that mollycoddle me and, and <laughs> keep me alive. Um but I'm kind of getting there. I've, I've, I've been automating quite a lot of my party in that they just kind of deck everything for me, which is probably against the rules, but hey, it works. Um, and but it's, it's that thing of um, when you jump into a, you know, a big new RPG, it's just trying to learn like, or get a, whole, a foothold in like, what the hell the world is about and what its concerns are and what its history is because it's pretty dense and it throws just walls of text at you and yeah. you know characters are you know pretty heavy but you know if you can kind of push through that you kind of that's when you you know you, you hit the good stuff and you you're suddenly like super invested um so I'm I'm currently kind of still trying to piece together like what everything is what I'm trying to do um it seems to be lots of things about people stealing the souls of babies, which you know I'm 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 generally against. Um, I mean, just just to clear this up, are you are you but Mr. Basil Pesto in this as well? I am. All right. So, and presumably he's he's against the baby soul stealing. Yeah. Okay. It just it's just that he probably looks like he's fine with it. Yeah, he yeah, because he looks so devilish. Uh, admittedly, the character creation software in in uh, Pillars of Eternity is you know it's it's quite slim because you're playing a tiny little spritey character. You know, it's you're very small on screen, but he still has the basics. <laughs> you know, there is a through line. He still has the silver hair and everything. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty I was pretty pleased with that. He's like a little borrower version of my normal <laughs> uh, character. Um, 
But again, it's like that was a game. It's got really interesting classes. There's like a class that sings these battle chants, um, and his whole thing is about like stringing together different chants that then add up into bigger chants and can summon monsters. Uh, but I haven't done any of that because I didn't understand the menus. Um, <laughs> and there's uh, there's another there's another magicy class that I've just not gone anywhere near. So. Yeah, it's just a warrior with an axe. Quite a quite a boring um, end to that adventure, but uh, occasionally I hit things and they explode into like meaty bits, which is pretty good. So I'm 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 quite pleased with my choices. Meaty bits out of ten. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I'll link to our original Pillars of Eternity review and also for number two as well, which John has done. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that because I I like the idea of um boat games you know a big fan of wind waker back in the day i just want to sail between some islands and see what's on the different islands but there's no boats in this one just lots of very unhappy children <laughs> i've never um i've never really gotten into the isometric rpgs like you say i didn't i didn't play them back in the day either like i'm not, i didn't play Baldur's gate uh or other similar things like that uh so i find it very difficult to get past those walls of text when the story is the best thing about a game arguably and it's give it's delivered to you in text form i mm. often just end up thinking why am i not just why am i not just reading a book about like a set in a fantasy world that's similar to this you know and like the choices are really what drives people through it so i've been meaning to play tyranny and stuff like that but it's just something yeah I can't, I can't get into so far i do like the the fact that you're kind of picking at this law from kind of you know the, the way you're going to approach it is obviously depends on what order you play things and different characters you talk to and whatnot and it's it's quite fun like you know you learn about an element of the world first before other things and then that becomes you know, your basis of understanding for that world. So you're like, well, okay, this is the thing. And then when you meet the opposing view, and, you know, I know it sounds a bit obvious, you're like, oh, interesting, a different take. Um, but it is quite uh, interesting how you develop a foothold. You know, you develop the knowledge you need to kind of get by, and then it starts throwing other characters at you that kind of mess with that knowledge. I think that's something games can do. It feels quite specific to games in a way that gives that story a, a, a more kind of unique vibe. Yeah, I was enjoying I was enjoying um, Tides of Numenera, the Planescape, uh, the newest yeah. Planescape game. Um, but after a while it did, I did feel like, oh, there's too, too much to read here and not all of it's making sense to me. And I just gave up. Uh, yeah, the- I had to, I had to go to a, I went to a Gamescom presentation about that a few years ago. And I must admit, at the time, I had very little knowledge of of um, the game. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't been following it. And um, when the guy started talking about some of the zany stuff in it, I just thought he'd gone mad. It was just, <laughs> he was like, there's a computer and it has a baby and then you have to feed the baby to some other computer. And I was like, oh, God, what's going on? Cause oh, yeah, no, I actually, I remember that, that particular bit. And that was one, like, one of the interesting quest as well there's lots of stuff like that but remember whenever they were promoting it and they said it's got two million words in it or whatever the word word count was and a lot of people heard that and felt oh wow excellent lots of story i heard that and thought oh no you need an editor (laughs) that's too many words that is a lot of words but they, they're meant to be good. I will I will um, dive into that one at some point. Um, yeah, so Pillars of Eternity is good so far. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. All right, cool. Um, you're probably enjoying it more than I'm enjoying State of Decay 2. Mm, pro- probably. Um, we played a bit of this together, actually. Yeah. Uh, we played some co-op, which is a video that will be on the site at some point. Yeah. Today? Yeah, some point soon. Some point soon. <laughs> um, we had a little muck about. I had fun during the co-op more than I had, or that I am having in the single player. Yeah, but I feel that's because we did some 
stuff that you wouldn't normally do in the course of single player. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who doesn't know State of Decay 2, um, or the first game, uh, it's a zombie survival game, but third person in a big open world, and you have a headquarters that you keep stocked with supplies, and you have to go out into the world and loot old abandoned houses and shops and malls and hospitals and everything to get the things that you need and then you kind of build your own base through menus and stuff like this to improve your chances of survival and all the time the zombies are increasing uh, and popping up with new infestations that you have to take care of otherwise morale suffers and all this other stuff Um, and it feels like it's partly chasing a simulation of a zombified world but also wants you to go out and have a bit of Dead Rising style fun in that world. Yeah. Um, n- not to that extent. Like not not so much fun. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite silly that like the like the melee weapons you get are all, you know, like giant swords and things. It's quite daft. Yeah, it's very close in. It's close in some ways to The Walking Dead, in which, you know, that you can have a samurai sword and run around with a samurai sword and, you know, kill zombies that way, chop off their arms and stuff like that. Uh, there are some zombies that are special kind of zombies, like there's a screamer who attracts others, there's a, a big, b- big tanky one that takes lots of firepower to take down, um, stuff like that. A lot of them are just kind of... <laughs> Almost lifted from Left 4 Dead, like there's a hunter. They always are. Has there ever been a zombie game that hasn't just lifted the Left 4 Dead zombies? Very few. Very few. I'd say like The Last of Us probably had one of the more interesting takes on zombies. Because they just made them giant mushroom infested people. Yeah. Which was nice. I'd like to see a fat zombie that doesn't explode for just one, just once. <laughs> like, like a fat zombie that screams. Or a fat zombie that's really good at jumping, and you're like, oh, that's different. Um, but yeah, so it it's it's okay. I'm having an all right time, but I think it's just because, and I put this in a kind of early impressions piece, um, I think it's just because there's very few games that are offering you the chance to go out into an open world full of zombies in third-person mode. Mm. Um, there's Dead Rising, kind of, but I don't know. It, oh, yeah, it fills a hole, but it's not filling the hole very well, is what I mean. Yeah, and like the whole pitch of it, it felt like was you know, the first game was this quite small game. It was built for um, Xbox Live Arcade to begin with, so it was like a twelve-pound game. It was quite a small little thing, and it was really janky and rough as a result. And it feels like this one, it's kind of like imagine that, but you know, a bit more polished. It's the kind of the full version of that idea. But then it seems that it's kind of just as janky as it ever was. Yeah, it's very janky. Um, like when you swing to hit something, you inevitably miss your first swing because you you the the timing of the lurching of the zombies is odd. The timing of your swing is odd. You you can't just get your weapon out and get it ready to hit the zombie. As far as I know, um, I haven't been able to figure that out. Uh, you just have to swing at it the first time. So you you. But every time you swing, you use a little bit of stamina. So you don't want to take the first swing unless it's necessary. Mm. So you end up waiting too long and then get hit by the zombie. And it's not like a fun kind of little bit of game that you can play with yourself. Like, oh, I better get this out, this, this my wrench out at the exact moment that I need to get the wrench out. Because it's not as refined as that. Like, there's no targeting or anything like that. It's not like Dark Souls where you have to be careful with your timing in a way yeah. that feels like they've made it so you have to be careful with your timing. You have to be careful with your timing in spite of how the game is made. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that because you hit things so often, it gets really, really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, I think I probably like it a little bit more than most because um, I've been playing a bit of it as well um, for some video bits and bobs. And um, like... I find the, the the very basic act of driving a car out, filling a car with, with goodies and driving it back is quite satisfying. You know, I, I like it when I have a successful scavenge. That feels satisfying to me and like, oh, that was a really good use of time. I, you know, well done me. I feel happy. Um, less happy when I get back to the base and then have to unload my car 
a rucksack by rucksack <laughs> into the house uh, while all the survivors are kind of sitting inside starving away and it's like well you know he'd help I, we'd, have, we'd have food a little quicker i have said this in the review that i'm writing as well is that it it is like being mum coming back from the shopping with your groceries <laughs> and no none of your surly teenagers are prepared to help you unload the car and put the groceries in the fridge like yeah. that that is how annoying it is that none of the characters if you can bring out other characters with you out into the world and they kind of like help you by shooting zombies or you know they're backup but they don't carry bags and it's like if you if you had a friend out with you you'd give them a load of stuff you could carry twice as much and they don't do that i mean i i, I th- at least i think they don't i haven't seen an option to be able to give them anything yet have you? No, I, no. I, I, I don't think there is. And I just feel like that's a huge oversight in terms of the, yeah, just the functionality of the game. Mm. Um, so I'm, it, it, it's odd. It's like it, I'm having an okay time, but I know when this, when the review goes up, it's going to read so negatively because all of the frustration is very obvious. It's really transparently frustrating. <laughs> So it's very easy. It's a, it's a game that's really easy to critique because it's so, all the problems are really obvious and in front of you all the time, and all the good things are quite hidden. Like uh, all the survivors have different traits, and they, that affects how good they are at certain things. For instance, one of my characters, it says he had, he had background. He worked in an abattoir or like a slaughterhouse, so he's naturally really good at using bladed weapons. And he also is good at keeping, um, at, at not wasting food. So he gives the whole house a bonus, uh, against food waste. Like you, you, you use less food over time. Um, oh. and that, that's hidden away, like in a, in a, you know, on his character screen, like in a little menu. And it's not immediately evident. It would be evident in a, in a management game, but it's mm. not really there. You have to go out of your way to find, the the very cool things about the game but mm-hmm. all the problems are just staring at you right from the moment when you start dashing in the tutorial i like the idea of um different groups of zombie survivors weighing up whether they should ally with one another based on their previous professions so that they kind of meet out in the wild and they're all just shouting jobs at each other so it's like what are you and then they're, they're like i'm a doctor and it's like what are you and it's like oh jug- you know juggler children's entertainer <laughs> oh well you're not you're not welcome or the idea of people are banging at the door like let me in let me in and you're like what was your job a week ago <laughs> they're like like um they're like army man and it's like no way i don't believe you oh <laughs> uh, uh so yeah we'll, we'll have a review of that up at some point later but yeah so that's what we've been playing Shall we see what our reader said about character customization? Yeah. Okay, we asked, uh, what's the best character creator? And what kind of characters do you end up making? Let's see what people have said. Um, Adam Davison says, I never had a tattoo. I never wanted a tattoo. But for some reason, almost all my characters end up with at least one prominent tattoo or face paint or the like. Do you have tattoos? Absolutely not. In any, in any, Basil Pesto never has a tattoo. He never, he never has a tattoo, no. I often give my characters a tattoo. I think if it's, if it's consistent with their characters, I will do it. I'm not cool, cool enough to get one in real life, so I feel like I'd be, you know, fake, uh, faking it a bit to get one in pretend as well. (laughs) Uh, let's see, what else? Grand Admiral Thrawn says, I appreciate the Elder Scrolls for letting me have a lizard person, even though they don't have much of an impact in story or gameplay. Although when I usually make one, it ends up being a blizzard wizard lizard. That's good. And I specialised magic wizard, that's great. Blizzard wizard lizard. I think more people should build their characters based on rhymes. (laughs) I am a... What would, what would another one be? I'm not quick well, enough I, for this. I'm I'm a warrior, warrior, a warrior who worries a lot. <laughs> a warrior, warrior. 
<laughs> the whole time he's like, oh, I hope my sword's sharp enough. <laughs> I am a Nord Lord. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Tapio says, I made a sad, weary science lady who cannot use two-handed weapons. I'm role-playing that she has a weak arm. <laughs> and he sent me, he sent, he's replied with a picture of her. And she looks really, really worried. She looks so <laughs> worried. Um, she's wearing a helmet with a light on. She's terrified, I think. Don't know what game she's from, but... <laughs> Who role plays that they've got a weak arm? <laughs> Sebastian Ackerberg says, honestly, probably the character creator in the Saints Row games. Oh, yeah. I was running around as a suit-clad badass lady the size of a small mountain. Combine that with a stellar voice work, and I've really felt it's cool playing a game. Yeah, they've they've got uh, the Saints Row games because they've got the they do proper big voice packs, don't they? Where they get loads of celebrity. Well, I say celebrity. They had like Nolan North do a voice, and it was just wasn't it like you have the voice of Nolan North, and it's all self-referential, and <laughs> they 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 record like the script five times over with really distinctive voices just for like a one gag at the start, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Darren Burchett says, always Viking, no matter the game. Viking. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> Teugius, Tigus, Tugus, I don't know how to say your name, sorry, says, Pokemon. What about it? I don't know which Pokemon game has particularly good character creation. What? Like you name him? You name your character, is that enough? I don't know. Maybe the new Pokemon games have something else going on. I think you can change your hat. But... 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Derpkovsky says, I always used to make sneaky elves because I really like nimble and athletic fighting styles. I've started to purposely try more kinds of characters that might require a bit more effort to roleplay. Hmm. Change to an orc. I guarantee you'll have a good time. Play as a scientist with a weak arm. <laughs> Science lady with a weak arm. <laughs> classic, classic class. Oh, what a trope. <laughs> Andy Blair says, stealthy archers, as the meme says. Uh, because there is a meme about creating a two-handed warrior and then always ending up playing as a stealthy archer. I've heard on the meme on the meme sphere. I'm not a meme lord, so I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, but yeah, so there there we are. Our readers are, are on board with creating. No one's come up with a creation, I think, as good as Basil Pesto, except maybe... <laughs> Weak-armed science lady. Basil Pesto, the silver-haired man. That's just it. That's his whole deal. He's just a man with silver hair. Basil Pesto, Vincent Price, but still more silver hair. Oh, yeah. Like, young Vincent Price. That's cool. Uh, okay. All right. Well, um, that's it. I think we'll wrap things up now. Um, you've been listening to the Electronic Wireless Show uh, with our video person, Matthew Castle. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's good to have you. You'll be on more. You'll be on more. We'll we'll get you on more. I can't wait for the eventual episode where it's both you and Catherine, husband and wife duo, taking over the podcast. Oh god, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Mm. Um. Uh, but yeah, thank you uh, for listening. If you want to send us a theme suggestion of your own, uh, like Orlando did, thank you, Orlando. You can do that. It's uh, The email address is podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at rockpapershot. If you want, you can like this episode with a, whatever little button shape like a heart is nearest to you at the moment. You can also find Matthew on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Matthew? It's Mr. Basil underscore pesto. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Um, and you can find all of Matthew's YouTube videos on our YouTube channel, which is also, it's just Rock Paper Shotgun, isn't it? It's Rock Paper Shot. Rock Paper Shot. So similar to our Twitter and uh, Facebook. Uh, thank you again. We are going to say bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.